And now, Father, uh, we thank you for your living word. Speak once again through it to our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'll take your Bibles, we're first going to turn to 1 Peter. So we're continuing our study in the book of Proverbs. And we'll be going to Proverbs in just a moment. But I want to start in 1 Peter. As we consider the subject matter that we are going to be studying. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's read together verses 1 and 2. Peter is concerned uh, about the believers putting aside the old nature, the old lifestyle, the old habits, the old attitudes. And so look what he writes, beginning verse 1, 1 Peter 2. Therefore, putting aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Now Peter is concerned about these new believers growing in the word. And he he likens it to a newborn baby uh, who is receiving pure milk from its mother and and that baby, once it receives that nutrition from its mother, it begins to grow and grow strong. And so he applies that to our salvation our, and, and our walk as, as believers. That it is the word that is going to give us strength and in, 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 in respect to salvation. Basically, when he says that you may grow in respect to salvation, uh, this goes along with uh, what Paul said, working out your own salvation. And which means uh, continuing to grow spiritually in the word. But notice what he says in verse 1. He's, he says first, you know, you have to put away uh, these old uh, deeds of the flesh and these old attitudes. And he mentions malice, all guile, hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. Now, pretty much we could pick any of these and we could find it in Proverbs, one of these. But we are going to look tonight at this word envy. We're going to look at word envy because I think it, it hits all of us in our life. Uh, that, that one attitude that sometimes uh, you, you don't realize it and suddenly we become envious and that, that attitude is, uh, just uh, rears its ugly head. So um, with that in mind, would you turn to Proverbs 14? We're going to look at what Proverbs says and God says in Proverbs about envy. Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, verse 30. <clears throat> Proverbs fourteen thirty. And again, you might have a different translation, which will translate, have different words, but here's the New American Standard. A tranquil heart is life to the body, but passion is rottenness to the, to the bone. But passion is rottenness to the bone. 
Now that uh, I have the word passion here in the New American Standard, but most uh, translations put in the word envy there. This is this is where we find the word envy, and some translations put in the word jealousy. But basically, they when when you consider the Hebrew word. Um, Passion is the best word to describe it, uh, considering the Hebrew word, a a passion. Being passionate about something, but in the wrong way, which would actually uh, lead to covetousness. And, you know, how how quickly, uh, when uh, we notice jealousy and envy, when when our kids are young and they they start you know and they're growing up and, and do you recall any when your your kids were growing up and and you'd, somebody would get something in the family maybe a brother or sister would get something and they didn't get it but they wanted what they got and then they would go oh man she's lucky or or Man, is he, he's lucky to get that. And, of course, that word lucky comes out. We, we know we don't believe in luck, but kids use it. And, and, and when they see somebody else get something, you know, that they didn't get, that they would love to have, but it doesn't come to them, what happens? That's when envy and jealousy creep in. And not just kids, but to all of us, here as adults we have to deal with this you know throughout our lifetime when was the last time someone made you jealous in the wrong way or envious or something that happened to somebody else and you became jealous or I became jealous uh, because you know inside you you wished it happened to you or why are they getting it and uh, here Solomon is talking about basically he he uh, gives uh, the the opposite of what passion does. Uh, if if you ha- if we have passion uh, and we have envy or or this jealousy, we have it in our heart. What does it do? He says it is rottenness to our bones. But at the beginning, he says. A tranquil heart is life to the body or to the flesh. The King James Version says, A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy is the rottenness of the bones. That tranquil heart, that, uh, we're going to focus on that a little while later, what that really means. But that would be the opposite. But this word jealousy just jumps out at us. And, and Solomon uh, presents it in, uh, in various situations and what it does. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. And then we're going to come back to this verse in chapter 14. But Proverbs 3.31. Proverbs 3.31. <clears throat> Solomon writes to his son, Do not envy a man of violence, 
and do not choose any of his ways. Now there's a statement. Do not envy uh, a man of violence. <clears throat> now I guess uh, best way to to view this is is put yourself in Solomon's son's shoes, and you're hearing dad tell you this. Maybe your dad told you, and he's talking about the riffraff out there, the the the, the wrong crowd. Did you, your dad ever tell you about hanging around with the wrong people? And, uh, and you end up finding out that uh, your dad was right, you know, uh, and that we, we end up uh, in our youth uh, hanging around the wrong kind of people or, or we see someone, whether it be on television or we, we, see, we, we meet somebody who seems really cool, but they have a violent side to them. They have that criminal aspect to them or they, they want to... Um, you know, they, they have a destructive nature. And, and when you're a kid, sometimes you can idolize, right, a person like that. It's so easy. How many times do you remember someone older than you who you idolized that your parents really didn't want around? But you, you were hanging around them anyway. And you, realize, you remember some trouble you got into because of it. This is what Solomon is trying to tell his son that what happens is we, we go, man, I would, I would like to be like him. You know, and we get this, this uh, envy, this jealousy that, that man, uh, that's, I'd like to be that way. I wish I had that kind of a toughness. And suddenly they, they uh, you know, uh, a person starts, what do they start to do? They start to emulate that that idol that they're looking up to, that person they, they, that may be violent or, or be involved in, in some uh, serious uh, issues and so easy to want to be like them. This is what Solomon is saying. He's saying, son, don't envy the violent guy, you know, the gang member, the guy down the street, the tough guy who's just going the wrong way. Don't choose any of his ways. Notice he says that. So number one, don't, don't envy a man of violence. Now turn to Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23, <clears throat> verse 17. And Solomon 23:17 says this, Do not let your heart... Envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. So here he speaks of envy or jealousy and says, Do not let your heart envy sinners. Have you ever envied someone who seems to be living the worldly way and just seems like, like they're getting away with everything. And, and it looks like, it almost looks when you look at the sinner, the person who is out in the world, doesn't know the Lord, but it almost seems like the Lord is blessing them. Have you ever seen that? Almost like, like you know, the evil they do, and then what happens? They either get richer, 
great things happen to them. Uh, you know, they get more famous, all kinds of things. And th- suddenly what can happen so easily is we see, or perhaps it's somebody in our family or, or a friend who is living the sinful lifestyle. And here you are trying to live a life pleasing to God, and you've got all kinds of problems. And you've got, you've got the heartaches. You've got the sickness. You know, you've got the loss. And then you look over at the, the guy who's, who's going his own way, and he, he just seems to be getting away with murder. And it almost looks like, Lord, I don't get this. This, this doesn't make sense. And what we can end up doing is becoming envious of a sinner. We can actually become envious of a sinner. And we see this in, uh, in, in different uh, writers in the scriptures. But I want to look at one in particular in Psalm 73. Would you go to Psalm chapter 73 with me? And we're going to, we look at a psalm here, a psalm of Asaph. Now, David, David uh, would write some of these, these kind of thoughts in some of his psalms. But I wanted to look at Asaph tonight. Because look, at he pours his heart out to God. You know, and this, talking about don't be envious of sinners. Well, here's Asaph, verse 1. Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Yeah, believes that. But as for me, see now he's, he's pointing to himself. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. Here it is in verse 3. I was envious of the arrogant as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. You see, Asaph just couldn't, couldn't figure things out. And he was getting envious of those who were living the wicked life. And it seemed like there was no judgment. There was, uh, you know, God wasn't intervening and punishing them, but they seemed to get away with anything they wanted to do. And they were even prospering. And so Asaph is looking at these people, and he says, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And look at verse 4. For there are no pains in their death. Sometimes they, when they die, they, they die comfortably. And their body is fat, which means they, they, they enjoyed the, the good life. They are not in trouble as other men. Nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. And the garment of violence, there it is, covers them. There, and, and you can just imagine now, put yourself in Asaph's shoes. Because the more he thinks about it, the more upset he gets. And he's being honest with himself. Their eyes bulges from fatness. And the imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth. Have you seen parades through the earth in America? 
what kind of parades are now taking place all across our country, Pride Month, and other things that point um, to things that, that are being uh, exalted, which go against God's word. It goes against what God says is sin. And so we see, as you, we've seen through the years, as you grow older, uh, you see the people that, that are, are, are doing whatever they want to do, and they're going against God. They can say anything they want. They can mock God to his face. And, uh, and they, they're get, it seems like God is just being silent and saying, well, that's okay, letting him go. While Asaph is saying, but, but men like me, I'm suffering. Where is God's blessing on my life because I'm trying to, to, to live in obedience to him and his word? Let's go on there. Look at verse 10. Therefore his people return to this place, and waters of abundance are drunk by them. And they say, how does God know? And is there knowledge with the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, and always at ease they have increased in wealth. Surely in vain. Now, now, now he gets you know, to his heart matter. Because envy has gripped him. Jealousy has gripped him. And he says, surely in vain, verse 13, I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocent, in innocence. Surely, look at that. He says, surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. Have you ever felt like, what's the use? Lord, where are the blessings? You know, where are your blessings? Uh, you know, I, I'm faithfully giving, tithing. I'm going to church faithfully. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking to obey your word. And then all of a sudden, wave after wave hits you in your life. And you're just going, Lord, I don't understand why. It doesn't make sense that you're not blessing me. And that's when we turn to envy, he, and that's what happens to him. He's saying, what's the use? He was getting to that point, and he began to, to be envious and jealous of the wicked. Verse 14, for I have been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. He's dealt with sickness, and maybe that's where you are tonight. And there's, you just feel like... Uh, Sometimes like God has abandoned you and that, that the things, you know, are, are better for someone else who really isn't following the Lord or living, living in obedience to him. If I had said, verse 15, I will speak thus, behold, I should have betrayed the generation of thy children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. But here's, right here is a turning point. He's telling God, God, I've been envious, I'm jealous, uh, you know, of these, these people who just seem to be blessed and getting more and more of the worldly things, and, and they, they can live more wickedly, and, and nothing happens to them. And how's he going to deal with envy? 
How does Asaph deal with envy? Well, we find it in verse 17. He said, it was troublesome in my sight until, there's the word, until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Where did he finally have to end up to get victory over envy? He had to go to the house of the Lord, which means he had to go into the presence of the Lord. And once he was in the presence of the Lord and read God's word, it was then that the truth came out and spoke to his heart. And he realized that they, they seem to be getting away with it now, but one day they will pay the price. That judgment will come upon them. He says, then I, when I came into the sanctuary of God, I perceived their end. And I pray tonight as you, you've come here tonight, maybe there's been some jealousy in your life or some envy towards somebody, or you're, and it's actually turned to anger. And, and you, you, you haven't been able to deal with it. Here's the place right now in the presence of the Lord as we're together uh, that we might look and see that according to God's word, God will deal with the wicked one day. A judgment day is coming and there is not one person that is going to get away with anything. But they will give an account and they will be judged. And so this is what, where Asaph turned the corner. And then he began. Then we won't take time to go through the rest of the chapter, but you can do it on your own. And then be, suddenly he begins to, to uh, realize what God is going to do to them one day. That God is, is not going to let them get away with it. So, I'm, so how do we deal with envy? How do we deal with envy? You know, Solomon says over and over again, be not envious of evildoers, nor desire to be like them. So, and, and sometimes we get, we get uh, um, it, can, it can be just so personal, and, but it doesn't have to be just the wicked. Okay, because envy sneaks in in our homes, doesn't it? Turn to Genesis 30 real quick. Genesis chapter 30. I want to quickly look at two examples God gives us of how envy got in to a family. Genesis 30, we have the story of Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. And look at verse 1. Genesis 30. Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she became what? Jealous or envious of her sister. And she said to Jacob, give me children or else I die. Were you ever jealous of your, your siblings or someone in your family? You know, they got something, seemed God blessed them with something, and you didn't get it. 
You know, maybe they got married before you did. Verse 2, then Jacob's anger burned against Rachel. And, you know, he, he, did, he couldn't take this uh, jealousy of her, uh, you know, for her sister. Because re- you remember the story that Jacob ended up marrying Leah first because Laban gave, gave the oldest daughter to Jacob first, even though Jacob fell in love with Rachel when he first saw her, the younger one, younger sister. But Laban said, no, you're going to uh, work for me for seven years, and uh, you can have, you can have my, my, my daughter. But he ends up giving her Leah, who's not as beautiful and not the one that Jacob loved. But then after that, after working seven years, then if you'd work another seven years, that's when... Laban said, well, you can have my other daughter than Rachel. So he had to wait a long time, but he finally got his, the, the desire of his heart, Rachel. But she could bear no children. She could bear no children. So she ended up you know, uh, using her, the, her handmaiden to uh, give birth um, through Jacob, uh, where the handmaiden, uh, Bilhah, uh, began conceiving and, and bearing children for Jacob. And so G- Rachel was glad that, that at least she, there were some children, even though they, they weren't coming right from her body. But then look at verse 9. When Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. And so... The whole thing started over with, with, with Leah. And so Jacob's having children through, um, through this other handmaiden. But this jealousy was here, and jealousy caused all kinds of problems between two sisters. And it happened so easily because it seems that God gave them something that he didn't give me. And oh, how I have to be careful that I don't look at others and compare myself. That I don't, as a pastor, I don't look at another church. Oh, I've got to be careful that I don't look at another church, another pastor, who seems to be, you know, that, that the church is, is, has grown and, and there's blessings and, and you hear more about them. And it's so easy whenever you're in a position where you're serving the Lord, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, it seems like God is, uh, it looks like on the outside, like God is blessing another church, even greater way. We can't do that. We have to catch ourselves and make sure, saying, Lord, forgive me if I'm becoming envious at all of someone else. And it may be a, a co-worker, Right? How about the coworker that was um, that was given the advancement, right? In in your company, and the the boss, the company chose them to move up, and and you didn't, and suddenly that envious feeling gets in. Oh, how we need to protect ourselves from uh, this sin, which uh, sometimes uh, we we will say it's well. I can't help but feel this way. But God says, 
we can overcome this. And we'll see that in just one moment, the answer to overcoming it. But then Genesis 37, Genesis 37, turn to Genesis 37 with me. And we have the story of, uh, of Joseph here. And, we'll, and, and we know the story. So we're, because of time, we're not going to read all of this. <clears throat> but uh, let's go down. You, we know about you know, uh, Jacob loving Joseph the most and favoring him the most. And so he made him that multicolored coat and everything, you know, the tunic. And look at verse 4. And his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his other brothers, and so they hated him and could not speak to him on friendly terms. Did you ever feel like your father or your mother favored one of your brothers or sisters over you? Yeah, we've all, all sooner, somewhere down the line, we've all experienced that. And what can happen? Jealousy sets in. Envy, you know. And then we turn it into anger against that person. They, you know, just because they got something that we didn't. Or they're getting favor that we're not getting. And this happened to Joseph, of course. And so we know what happened then. And then he, he shares a dream with his brothers. Right? Verse 5. Then Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And so it goes on and on, and finally we know what happened. Joseph is finally taken by his brothers. The jealousy has has overwhelmed them that they throw him in the pit. Verse uh, 23, so it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored, very colored tunic that was on him. And they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. What does this tell us, this, this account? It tells us that envy always leads to sinful actions. It just doesn't stay in my heart, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a result in my life. It, it will cause me to act out in some way, in, in, in an envious way, where uh, I will either want to do harm maybe, or I, I'll try and stop that person from being blessed or, or getting anything else. And it turns into the wrong kind of actions. And that's what happened here. Envy turned to sin, sinful acts. And oh, how I've got to guard my heart. We've got to guard our heart. And not only that, but it's interesting when you read about the effects that things like the emotion like envy and anger have upon the body. And go, go back with me now as we'll conclude here. Uh, back to Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 14. Okay, go back to Proverbs 14, verse 30, because we want to end here. What did, what did Solomon say in verse 30? A tranquil heart is life to the body. What is tran- a tranquil heart? What is a tranquil heart? Well, I believe it's a contented heart. 
if we were to define it, a contented heart. And of course, we find, we don't have time to look at it, but in Philippians 4, what did Paul say? I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to what? Be content. Can I honestly say before the Lord, Lord, I'm content today. I'm content with my situation. I'm content what you've given me and what you haven't given me. I'm content with any, the situations that I'm in, the painful ones, the, the good ones, whatever they are. But Paul had to learn it. It doesn't come naturally. To learn contentment means to trust God more and more. In, 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 in my life and to trust that he is working things out and has planned for everything, whether good or bad. And I've got to trust him. And I have to learn that contentment so that whatever comes, I say, Lord, I'm content in what you have given me. And it's hard to get there. It's hard. We're always trying to strive there. But we need to ask the Lord, Lord, give me a contented heart. Because if we have a contented heart, guess what? I'm not going to be envious. I'm not going to be jealous. But look at what happens if we don't have the contented heart or tranquil heart. You know, it brings life to the body. But then he says, but passion or envy is rottenness to the bones. Is Solomon actually talking about our physical bodies? I believe he is. I believe he is. More and more studies have been done in, uh, by researchers and, and the medical field. And they found out that our immune system is one of the most important parts of our body, which ensures the best of impacts on our body. Studies ha- and research, uh, researchers have found that angry people, now this is, they're talking about anger, but it also would refer to envy or any kind of those malice or any kind of those kind of attitudes. They found that angry people are prone to have a hampered immune system. If the study conducted by the Harvard researchers is to be considered, it suggests that even simply just recalling a past experience involving anger caused a significant reduction in the levels of the antibody Immuglobulin A, which plays a very crucial role in our immunity. If you find yourself getting angry all the time, the article goes on, the best way to cope with the same is to come up with constructive ways to handle your anger rather than struggling and bursting out with something that has been bothering you. This is, this is secular, secular science in the medical field. But not just physical health, the side effects of anger or any of these other emotions relates to the mental health complexities as well. If you get worried easily, you'd be surprised to know that anxiety and anger go hand in hand. Even in a conducted study back in 2012, the researchers found that anger has the possibility of making the situation and symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder even worse even worse. And then coming to the next side effects of anger on health, it has been found to have 
negative impacts in enhancing the risks associated with stroke. It goes on and on and on. And, that's what, and, and basically, way back then, Solomon, given the wisdom of God, has laying this out before his son, saying, son, don't, don't let these attitudes like envy get a hold of you because it's going to rot your bones. And science is proving it, that it, it, it absolutely takes a toll on the body and on the mind. But may the Lord this week, may we seek a contented heart this week and say, Lord, I want to learn contentment so that, that I, I won't allow Satan to get me riled up so that I might be envious of, of somebody else. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your living word. I thank you, Father, once again that you have shown us, Lord, the importance of not allowing sin to reign in our bodies or in our minds. Father, um, envy can creep up without us even knowing it. Father, help us, Lord, to have victory over it by seeking to have a contented heart before thee. And we'll thank you, Lord, for what you accomplished through your, the power of your Holy Spirit in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.